You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And on today's show, we're also joined by John Kegley, one of the original members of the show. And we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LAFB Network. And we've been covering the Chargers together for six seasons, doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. And this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show. Special thank you to everyone who is checking us out for the first time today. If you guys haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the show so you always get the latest episodes, the fastest and easiest way to get the show straight to wherever you listen to it. We're going to be getting into the Senior Bowl today. In the second and third segments, I was down in Mobile, Alabama, sneaking into places I probably wasn't supposed to be. I got within like five feet of Daniel Jeremiah at one point. Definitely wasn't supposed to be there, but we are going to highlight the offensive and defensive players that stood out to us during the Senior Bowl in segments two and three and talk about specifically guys that would make sense for the Chargers to potentially bring in. So that will be the so we will get into that. But to start the show, we're going to be talking about a new coaching hire. The Chargers have a new wide receivers coach, and then they're also maybe going to lose a coach that they actually just brought in. Joe Barry has been reported to to interview for the Packers defensive coordinator job. So a lot to get into, but let's go ahead and get started. Adam Rittenberg of ESPN reported that Pitt wide receivers coach Chris Beattie is headed to the Los Angeles Chargers in the same role under new coach Brandon Staley. Beattie has coordinator experience at Maryland and Illinois and has coached at seven Power 5 programs. This is a hire that definitely was a little bit surprising just because this isn't somebody that is in the NFL or really had been linked to the job at all. And that has kind of been the story of how these guys have been brought in. It also probably means the end of Phil McGowan as the Chargers wide receivers coach. He was already off of the website. And I know that was somebody that got us pumped up during hard knocks and definitely developed some you know, undrafted free agent receivers and got the most out of some receivers. But this is an interesting hire, John, because... This is a guy that only really has college experience, but he also has a lot of college experience, mostly you know working as a wide receivers coach. He's also been a running back coach and an offensive coordinator and has had a lot of stops along the way, including you know being a high school head coach at one time in the Virginia prep schools, coaching Percy Harvin and going undefeated and named coach of the year in Virginia. I mean, he has a ton of experience, but obviously not at the NFL level. Well, and he also won a state championship when he was with those Virginia schools. 14 and 0. Yeah, and had I believe a record of 78 and 18 was what is what I read about his high school coaching record. So I mean, he the guy has a winning history, but he has a lot on his resume as far as coaching goes. But he was also a wide receiver at East Tennessee and he was their all-time leading receiver when he left. Now it's he's like the 5th, I believe, on the list. But when he left, he had 1,800 yards on 125 receptions. So this guy also knows how to play wide receivers. So being a wide receivers coach as a player, he's been a coach, and now he's going to be an NFL position coach. The guy has a resume that shows that he has the knowledge. And I'm guessing Steely saw a work ethic in him too because that's what he wants in this staff is people that are going to work hard. So even though that's not a big name, I'm sure there's got to be some kind of work ethic that drew his name to Staley. 
Well, and this is in line with what Staley said in his press conferences about giving coaches opportunities that they might not have had before. And for Chris Beattie, he actually talked about having an opportunity to coach in the NFL beforehand, but it fell through. And he was just uh, crossing his fingers that this opportunity would not fall through, and it did not. So he's going to be at the NFL level for the first time in his career. Um, and like I said, Brandon Staley giving a, a young giving a coach who doesn't have a lot of experience an opportunity to make the most of it at the NFL level. Yeah, and he's had some pretty good wide receivers under him. He had DJ Moore during his time in Maryland, and obviously he's turned into a pretty good NFL receiver. He also had Jordan Matthews who ended up being a second-round pick when he was at Vanderbilt. So he's had some guys who have ended up going on to have success. He also coached Tavon Austin at one point as well. And one thing that he has been able to do is use those guys like that, whether it's Percy Harvin or Tavon Austin. I mean, he's had a lot of players that he's gotten a lot of production out of as far as slot receivers and running backs, a lot of running backs getting a lot of receptions under him as well. And I think that this is obviously a guy who has – just like a lot of the coaches on this team now has done a lot of different things, whether it's running backs or wide receivers or offensive coordinator or head coach. Yes, he doesn't have the experience in the conventional sense, but at the same time, I think he makes up for it with just being so many different places coming from college where you know that, you know, Brandon Staley is drawing some things from as far as, you know, trying to be on the cutting edge of the latest thing that's going on in the new ways that players are trying to be used and offenses are happening in the college level. So I do think the other big thing about this is he's also known for his recruiting ability. And the one thing that people don't talk about a lot with recruiting is just when you recruit kids, especially at the college level, you're going up against a bunch of different schools, right? And the one thing that you can do to kind of sell the player on going to your school is kind of just telling him how he's going to be used in that offense, right? I mean, obviously you're recruiting players that aren't just receivers you know he's recruiting all types of guys but at the same time part of that is being able to sell them on what they are going to be able to do with your team specifically so I think when you have someone like that that's an underrated part of being a college coping college coach and coming up he had some pretty good recruiting classes during his time at the college ranks but that wasn't the only Chargers coaching news however because there also was a report from Rob Domofsky who covers the Packers for ESPN that basically said that Joe Barry is going to be interviewing for the Packers' new defensive coordinator position. They ended up letting go of Mike Pettin, John, and now they have an opening, and Joe Barry might go from being the Rams' linebackers coach to then being the Chargers' defensive passing game coordinator and linebackers coach to now potentially becoming the Packers' defensive coordinator. What an offseason this guy's already having. <laughs> I know. <it. laughs> You're going to get promoted twice? I mean... Talk about major pay raise, but is this really a a loss for the Chargers? I think that's where the real conversation here is because you got a guy who's got a lot of experience in the NFL, has had a lot of success in the NFL, and you just got him on your staff, and he also has some chemistry with Staley, and now there's a chance you might lose him to the Packers for a better role. But at the same time, is his position – Something that the Chargers desperately need, like as if we're not losing our defensive coordinator, we're losing a position coach and a court and a passing game coordinator. So I don't know. I think the discussion is: is this a big loss for the Chargers? They they didn't even have him though. Like he is on the staff, <laughs> but he has not had any opportunity to actually coach or be right. around any of these players. So I mean, 
they don't know if it's a loss or not because he hasn't really had any time to have any effect on anything, Daniel. The only way, reason I would disagree with that is just because bringing in Brandon Staley, obviously he's been an outside linebackers coach. He's been a linebackers coach. So obviously he will have a big input in that, you know, meeting room. And But at the same time, this is a guy that was going to come in and really coach one of the positions that's going to be changing a lot. I mean, some things, some positions more than others will be changing in Brandon Staley's defense. And it's mostly sub packages and all of that. But at the same time, linebackers are a spot that's going to be a lot different for this team. I mean, Kenneth Murray might be an outside linebacker now. We don't know how it's going to all shake out, but at the same time, you have a guy that just ran the type of defense that Brandon Staley liked to run in Los Angeles with the Rams. You had him basically come in to not only you know coach up these linebackers, but also kind of install this defense. And what he was able to do last year with a lot of no-name linebackers I think was really impressive. It is important to note that this is not a done deal by any means. He could still definitely be back with the Chargers, but he did spend time with Matt LaFleur in their time in Los Angeles because Matt LaFleur used to be the Rams offensive coordinator, so there is some links there. I do think it's a loss, but you're right. I mean, we, it's not like he's had an impact on the Chargers team, and unfortunately, that might be you know what ends up happening with this, that he might never get to coach these guys, which would be pretty crazy. I don't remember the last time I've seen a guy Go, you know, get a small promotion like that, get an extra title, basically, so you can't block it from from happening, and then ending up as a defensive coordinator. But I think you can tell just by the fact that he's up for that job how important he would be if he could stay with the Chargers and Brandon Staley with this defense. But we do have two more segments to get into because I do want to get into the senior bowl and talk about some of the players that played the best in Saturday's game and talk about if they would fit potentially with the Chargers. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, no two people are alike and no two tax returns are alike either. Thankfully, TurboTax Live has experienced tax experts who are ready to listen to you, learn about your unique tax situation, and help you get the best tax outcome. Maybe you got married this year and have some questions about how that affects your filing status. Maybe you want an expert to review your return so you don't miss any deductions on the new house you just bought. Or maybe you just want to hand the whole thing off from start to finish so you can focus on your burgeoning baby photographer career. Whether you want to file with the help of an expert or let an expert file for you, TurboTax Live experts give you the confidence to know that your uniquely you taxes are done right. Intuit TurboTax. All right, guys, well, it's time to get into a senior bowl recap and talk about some of the players that stood out to us in that game. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball here and talk about some of the guys who stood out in the senior bowl. And obviously, when you think about the Chargers offense, there's only really a few positions and one main position that stands out the most, and that is the offensive line. But that also doesn't mean there's not a chance to add players at other positions. But I think that we were all three, you know, watching the offensive line intently to see which of those guys was standing out. So, David, when you were watching the Senior Bowl, who stood out to you? Yeah, so, yeah, obviously I was paying close attention to the offensive line because that is a big point of emphasis for the Chargers. I mean, Tom Telesco said it. We know it. They have not been good. So I've been looking at guys who could potentially make an impact. So one guy I was watching is uh, not a tackle, but, you know, a guy who looked pretty good in the game is Creed Humphrey from uh, Oklahoma University, OU. Six foot five, three hundred and twenty, good size. Uh, he played good in pass protection. Uh, feel like he opens up some holes in the running game as well. He was on the side, like we were talking about uh, before the show, Daniel, with the really good offensive line. I mean, it seemed like uh, this side was much, much better than the other side, and it showed. And he definitely was a part of that. 
Yeah, he's a guy that's hard to kind of gauge where he is going to go in the draft too because he was thought to be a first-round pick at one point. I've seen him as low as like 75 in the list of overall top 100 prospects, and that's the hard thing about this at this point. We don't really know where to expect these guys to go because we don't really know how highly these teams are valuing some of these guys yet. But yes, Creed Humphrey's offensive line was much better, and he also has a big wrestling background so he's very good with his leverage in pad level in the running game he definitely doesn't maul people but he gets them out of the way he uses that leverage to turn them get them out of the gap that he's trying to occupy or trying to open up I should say and he does open up running lanes that way so Creed Humphrey definitely a guy I mean a center too especially with Dan Feeney becoming a free agent I think is something that they should definitely watch. And I think on that same side, one of the guys that impressed me all week was Dylan Radins from North Dakota State. Another guy who comes from a small school and also only got to play in one game in 2020 because North Dakota State is actually playing in the spring now. So he didn't really get to show himself off. Obviously, he was the left tackle for Trey Lance, who is going to be a first-round draft pick in the upcoming draft. But he impressed me all week. I thought he was super stout. I mean, the anchor on him was one of the better ones that I saw. Even when guys got into his chest in the one-on-one pass rushing situations, he was able to hold up well in front of where the quarterback was. And I thought that continued in the game. And there was a moment where, you know, all those guys were on the field for a Michael Carter touchdown run and he was stopped probably six yards short of the end zone and he ended up getting the push from that big offensive line to get in the end zone and John I know that you also had an offensive lineman that impressed you who was also in on that particular play yes and there was the guy that really initiated that push and that was Robert Hainsey the offensive lineman from the Notre Dame and the guy who did I a keg stand I s- <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow great celebration we- great <laughs> celebration God, that was awesome it was- that video was awesome that you posted. But I loved what I saw out of this guy. The guy had a great push, really good footwork, and the play was never over to him until that whistle blew. And even then, he still went a few seconds after the whistle. The guy was yeah, looking did. for contact, looking for someone to block, really good at getting off his block, getting upfield. And like on that touchdown run when they pushed Carter into the into the end zone, he ran up there and started pushing him. Any other offensive line would just look and be like, ah. Oh. He's tackled. This guy was like, oh, no, not, not not today. You getting in that end zone. I love yep. that power and that engine that he had. Yeah, I mean, how about Michael too. Carter, too, just real quickly? I mean, I, I was really impressed by watching him. I think he, he was, like, good good for eight yards per carry when he was in the Russian running in, in during the season. Like, that's insane. But he made some great plays, was very decisive, was strong. It was hard to tackle. I mean, Michael, I mean, Michael Carter was uh, was a standout in this game. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was the best running back in this game, to be sure. And he had the one big long run. He did get that touchdown right there. And I think he was consistently the best running back all week, to be honest. So I thought he was good. Obviously, he doesn't fill a major need for the Chargers at running back. I think he'll probably be, you know, probably go too high for them to think about it. Maybe not, but it would be hard to imagine them drafting another running back when the guys that got the most production of was not the guy they drafted in the fourth round last year. It was a seventh-round pick and Justin Jackson at points, but mostly an undrafted free agent in Austin Eckler and guys they picked up the street, picked up off the street like Kalen Balaj. So that'll be interesting to see. He definitely had a great game, though. But John, I think we have to give a special shout out to a guy that couldn't play in the game, but did absolutely everything that he could to play in the game and was just a standout all week. And that is the Division Three Wisconsin Whitewater phenom showing the midriff, and that was Quinn Mainers. Yes, Quinn Mainers caught my eye just from 
practice videos. This was a guy who didn't get to play in the game, but during the game they were showing all the workouts that he was doing up in Canada. Like He was going off. He was lifting like a bunch of planks of woods all at once and just not dropping a single one. I don't know how he did that. Carrying heavy propane tanks up upstairs, working in the forest, cutting down trees, and using the logs as like a bench press, basically. The guy was a workhorse, and this guy obviously cares a lot about football enough to constantly stay in shape, even though he didn't get to play this year. And despite being in Division Three, he was an AP All-American. Not a Division Three All-American. He was up there with the Alabamas and the Ohio States as far as All-Americans go. This is a guy who is definitely going to be having my eye when I do my scouting this year. Well, it's awesome, too, whenever you can see someone that's a Division Three player that comes into a big stage going up against big Power 5 schools and still holds their own. And not only does that, but excels. I mean, he was one of the better guys in one-on-ones. He was one of the better guys when they had the team drills and they were running a little scrimmage. I mean, he stood out all week, and it wasn't just because he had his stomach hanging out. But there were a couple of other positions on offense I st- that I thought stood out that aren't as big of needs for the Chargers potentially but one of those guys was Demetric Felton who was a running back slash wide receiver out of UCLA he did have one big drop on a play where he got pretty open and dropped a pretty big pass but this is a guy who was a wide receiver at UCLA last year under Chip Kelly he played pretty much only running back he didn't play any receiver a guy who has almost 300 carries in his career and a lot of catches as well and you can just see that he has that kind of electricity he's just one of those playmakers that just needs the ball in space and I'm writing a piece for the LA Football Network, but I thought about the fact that Mike Lombardi just came from having a guy like Deontay Harris, who's a little guy, shifty, punt returner, utility player. He also has a little bit of Curtis Samuel in him to David, and I think that even though that's not one of the Chargers' biggest needs, if you're talking about a guy like that who can just be a utility player and kind of add some juice to the offense, it's definitely worth taking a look at for the right price. Yeah, for sure. And also, you know, a guy that they look at when they need a play. Like, this is a guy they went to on fourth down when you got to have it. I mean, that's what Brandon Staley talked about. Hey, when these guys and you're put in a position where you got to have it, I mean, those are guys you want to look at. I mean, this guy, he got it done. So I I was really impressed by Demetric Felton, uh, especially considering he played mostly running back. Like, I mean, he looked pretty good as wide receiver, pretty crisp on the routes, and, and he made the plays when it mattered. So, yeah, I actually uh, enjoyed watching Demetric Felton. Um, he's he's going to be a weapon. I mean, we'll see who uh, who picks him and how, how he's used. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know how good his long speed is going to be. I'll be interested to see what that looks like at his pro day. I would say probably in the 4.3s, maybe low 4.4s. Definitely quicker than he is fast, which is easier for me to say because I'm not sniffing up for anything. But at the same time, it's just one of those guys who doesn't have the you know elite breakaway speed, at least from what I saw, but got a lot of separation, made the most with the ball in his hand. And John, I know you always want a good punt returner. I definitely think he could fill that role as well. But just to touch on a couple more offensive guys before we flip it over to the defensive side, Quentin Morris in this game, the tight end, ended up having three catches for 52 yards. He's a guy out of Bowling Green State. So that's a guy that we weren't expecting to see a lot from. He is coming off of a couple of good seasons there. Obviously, a max school, so it's not a power five school, but at the same time, still putting up, you know, 55 catches for 649 yards and four touchdowns in 2019. Put up seven touchdowns and over 500 yards in 2018. And he hurdled the guy. So, I mean, he's definitely athletic. He had a big time moment in that game. And the other guy, I don't, I mean, the Saints have had, you know, Zach Line. They've had some fullbacks at times, but. 
Derek Mason. I mean, I just love the way that guy plays football. That guy was pancaking guys. He was meeting guys in the hole. And that when you heard a big hit, it was usually because Ben Mason was in the middle, just absolutely crushing the skull of a linebacker somewhere. I mean, that guy, you just love the way he plays. I think he'd be a big upgrade over someone like Gabe Neighbors. They had him line up and do some running back drills and some tight end drills as well. So he definitely brought some versatility Definitely looked like a you know, pretty smooth pass catcher from what I saw in the practice drills as well. But well, I love the physicality. I don't know how much fullback is going to be on Joe Lombardi's offense. But if they do, I mean, that's definitely a guy to look at. But we do have one more segment to get into. I do want to get into the defensive side because there were some guys that stood out at positions the Chargers could try to address in the draft. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys that the best protein bar on the planet is Built Bar. I've always told you guys that I love Built Bars mainly because they taste great. I mean, obviously, they're very healthy for you as well. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. But for me, I'm going to always get over something if I don't have flavor and I don't have variety. And that's the other thing about Built Bars. You get 18 amazing flavors to choose from. Caramel brownie, salty caramel, double chocolate, toffee almond. They have so many flavors, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. You can have something that tastes great, tastes like a candy bar, while also indulging in a delicious treat. And right now, we can even save you guys some money because if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I also need to tell you guys the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast is BetOnline.ag. And the big game is coming up this weekend, guys. It's the Super Bowl. And my favorite part about the Super Bowl, hands down, is the prop bets. I mean, last year I had one on Kyle Juszczyk scoring a touchdown. I definitely won pretty good on that. This year there's a ton of prop bets to choose from as far as who's going to score the first touchdown, how many points is each team going to score individually, as well as a ton of other fun prop bets to get into. Basically, any kind of stat line that anyone could put up in that game, you're going to find a prop bet for it on betonline.ag. And it's the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. That's free money with betonline.ag that you could be using for the Super Bowl with the promo code Locked On, all caps, one word for that 50% welcome bonus. All right, guys, well, now it's time to get to the defensive side of the ball, and I would just say quickly that I got to go to the Senior Bowl this year for the first time, and it was a lot of fun, and I definitely got to see some players up close and mostly just spent my time, you know, accidentally going behind Daniel Jeremiah in a press box I wasn't supposed to be at, but it was just really cool being getting to go out there and see these guys close up, and this was a very talented roster, especially with COVID-19 and everything that they put together, and there were some defensive guys that really shined in this game, John, but who is the first one that stood out to you? For me, it's got to be Jabril Cox. This is a guy that was getting in the backfield, getting off the blocks, making plays. I think he was a leading tackler at one point in the game. I liked what I saw from him. I think he could be someone the Chargers look at on defense as someone that could be your playmaker, if not someone to be your backup to Joey Bosa if he's not starter quality. But it's really hard to teach guys that are quick off the line and have really good hand movement with the off against offensive linemen, and he, this guy had it already. Yeah, and the nice thing about that, too, is it's definitely somebody that you could add into special teams as well. I would say sticking with the defense, one of the guys that stood out to me was the defensive MVP of the game, Cam Sample, who's a guy from Tulane that I hadn't heard of before the Senior Bowl. I mean, he is a decent prospect, but I thought he showed out against some really good players this week, and I thought in the one-on-ones he was super solid, had some times 
rushing from the inside, from the outside. He did pretty good, but I was mostly impressed with his ability to stop the run as well. He led both teams in tackles as a defensive lineman, also got half a sack. That was really a full sack for him. They chipped a half in for the other guy, but he was another guy that really impressed me in this game. Got to talk to him. He was surprisingly well at getting into the backfield for a guy that's coming from a school that's not really looked at as a, a top talent school. He's I, I, when I first saw him on the list, I was like, a Tulane guy, really? This this guy made it to this game? And I watched his little practice for him, and I was like, okay, this guy's looking, looking pretty good, and the game was surprisingly good. I'm really surprised at it, but I heard you got to meet him, Wade. Yeah, accidentally, kind of. Like I said, I was in a room with the press conferences, but the thing is, I didn't know that the press conferences were Zoom press conferences, um, so the reporters asking the questions were actually not in the room that I was in, but he was the defensive MVP, so we ended up getting to like, walk through the parking lot together and talked a little bit on the elevator uh, going down. So that was pretty cool. Super nice guy. I just told him, you know, congrats, because you're definitely about to go get drafted. And, I mean, just as a former football player, how sick is that? You know what I mean? Like, just the thought of that is pretty crazy. But it was cool, you know, kind of seeing the human camp sample. But, yeah, that's not the reason he made my list. I thought, you know, especially going into a game where – Rashad Weaver and Patrick Jones were definitely the big name pass rushers and Patrick Jones did get a sack in the game but Cam Sample I think outplayed both of those guys during the week and that's not something I thought I would be saying but there were some guys in the secondary as well that made some plays David I know that we just talked about some defensive linemen do you have a defensive lineman what players what positions were you looking at on the defensive side yeah, I was looking at some pass rusher, and I was looking at corner. So Patrick Jones was a guy you mentioned, uh, the, the guy I liked, you know, some of what I saw. Another, you know, defensive lineman or defensive end I liked was Ellerson Smith. Uh, big guy, six foot six, 262 pounds, has a good motor, uh, was a good run defender in this game as well. I mean, he really ran to the football, ran sideline to sideline. You don't really see that a lot from a guy who is that size, it's not really his responsibility, but he's definitely doing that. So I, I liked what I saw from Ellerson Smith. Um, but uh, as far as the uh, defensive backs, I mean, that was another position I was obviously paying very close attention to. So a, a guy I liked in this game was Keith Taylor Jr., a guy who has a, has a lot of size, six foot three, 195 pounds, uh, good size and speed, and he's a smart player. I mean, it was one play where they tried to get him on a double move. He did not fall for that, and he was able to to break up the pass. So, uh, liked a lot of a lot of what I saw from Keith Taylor Jr. Yeah, and he was pretty physical as well. He made a couple of tackles. He did have that pass breakup that led to the interception. I thought the other guy that stood out to me was Benjamin St. Juice from Minnesota. I mean, another guy that is big, lanky. Over six feet tall, has super and has long a phenomenal arms. name. Yeah, I mean that's a it is a great name, and he also had a couple of good celebrations too because he also got tested by Josh Palmer, one of the better, bigger receivers at the Senior Bowl, and he was able to break that up at the last second without getting too physical and drawing a flag. Keith Taylor Jr. I think got robbed on one where they threw a flag on him. I didn't think it was really a flag, but he had another pass breakup as well, and they only gave him credit for one tackle. But I know I saw at least two tackles. And another assist of a tackle. The one thing I had with him was just he wasn't really getting off of blocks very well. That was one thing that kind of stood out to me. But definitely was a willing tacker when he was in the position. He didn't miss any tackles that I saw. And he looked pretty solid in coverage. Not just in the game, but all week he was one of the better guys. And definitely one of the better DBs to play in the game. John, any other guys you want to touch on defensively? I want to talk about Traquan Graham. Yeah, I'm a Texas guy, of course. I'm Homer, bring him up. horns down. But I've... I've, wow wow okay 
Wade, I know where you live, and I will be coming to your house. That's actually scary. But this guy did not make my list at the beginning. I wasn't expecting him to have a, any big surprises in this game, but he was really getting off the line. And again, like I talked about earlier, a guy that can use his hands and get off the ball, usually you have to teach a guy that. He was already using the swim move and getting off the line quick and getting in the backfield and making plays. He surprised me a lot. And then there was two Ohio State linebackers in Justin Hilliard and Trey Borland. There was also two Ohio State linebackers in Justin Hilliard and Tuff Borland who weren't aren't exactly great at making plays. I mean, there was a couple of times they read a they read a play and got in front of a pass to knock it away, which is really good for a linebacker. But I loved how they were always getting to their spots. They were flowing with the with the play and also getting to their holes and filling them. These are guys that I think could maybe be like a depth piece to, for your linebackers. For if someone gets hurt, you may not make have a guy that's going to make plays, but at least they're in their spots and can still help the defense out. Whether you make them stronger and faster and better at tackling is going to be up to the coaching. But as long as they're smart enough to get to their spots, that's one problem fixed that's usually hard to fix. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, if you're taking linebackers and for Top Borland, I mean, it was nice for him to you know have another game after that disaster of a national championship game against Alabama. But I thought that both of those guys were fine. I also thought that there was a couple other guys defensively that made some noise. But on special teams, I know we all agreed that Grant Stewart was a guy that was running around. You could t- see it by the hair hanging out. But I loved his tackle on special teams of Demetric Felton. Stayed in his lane and ended up getting a huge hit. He was there for the cutback. And he absolutely popped Felton and just made one of the bigger hits of the game. But the Chargers obviously need a lot of guys who can fly around and make some tackles on special teams. That has to be a priority. So that linebacker from Houston would definitely, I mean, especially if he's an undrafted free agent, someone to bring in, see if he can make an impact on special teams. David was talking about you know him almost getting to a couple of punts as well. So definitely a guy to keep an eye on if the Chargers are able to. And it doesn't cost very much because we didn't get to see much of him as the linebacker, mostly just a special teamer but senior bowl was super fun i definitely think that all of us could be there next year and as i've been telling people you know this year senior bowl next year super bowl that's the plan but it was super fun hopefully i mean hey maybe the chargers are having an all la showdown with matthew stafford and the rams next year in sofi stadium i guess that a zach super fan zach put it on twitter that would be the only way to one up tom brady getting to go to a super bowl in his own stadium is two teams in the same stadium going for a super bowl but that is going to do it for today's show. We are going to get into some voicemails this week. So if you guys want to call into the show, the number is 323-524-7924. We'll also be here with all of the latest Chargers news and the latest things happening for them. And we'll also next Monday be starting our Mock Draft Monday where we pull together some mock drafts from other people, come up with their own selections for the Chargers and the draft as we ramp up our coverage. Now that, you know, basically everything will be over after the Super Bowl as far as the 2020 NFL season. But until then, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC and to like the Facebook page of Locked On Chargers, as well as giving us a follow on Instagram. I got some good pictures and video from the Senior Bowl on there at Locked On Chargers. if you guys haven't been able to check that out yet. But also, if you guys don't already, make sure to go subscribe to us, whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribing is always the fastest and easiest way to get the show, and we'd really appreciate it if you guys could Go rate and review, especially to kind of boost up our rating to get rid of some of the older hosts of the Locked On Chargers podcast that have been dragging our ratings down on there. I know you guys have the power to do it because you guys are all out here supporting the show and we really appreciate it. But we'll back to you guys tomorrow as always and for the rest of the week. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.